With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Live. Yes, folks, we're back for episode number 29 of Wrestling Debate. However, I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGiolmo, Wednesday, October 25th, 2016. And joining me on the line here shortly, hopefully, will be our other two panelists, Howard the King and Queen of Attitude Radio, and of course, of Top Heel Inc. I'm referring to Gerard T. King, N.W. Smith, and the Black Widow herself, Michelle Lindodds. But in the meantime, 1-724-444-7044, caller ID number 139925-POUND. You can join us right now. We will be here till about 9 p.m. this evening. And of course, we have a great show lined up for you tonight here on The Debate. Tonight I want to talk a little bit about, however, at least at the start of the show, however, about the state of the WWE. And by that I mean how I have to ask everyone out there, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as well, however you can call in right now, if the WWE is doing way too many pay-per-views. I mean, we understand they still have the big four, Survivor Series, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Royal Rumble. But for these other ones, like Hell in a Cell, uh, the Elimination Chamber, No Way Out, uh, Extreme Rules, however, I mean, TLC. Is it too much for the WWE, however, or is it just about right, do you think? I would love to hear your thoughts on this. The reason why I'm asking is because, of course, this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, Hell in a Cell will be coming to you live on the WWE Network, live from the TD Bank North Garden in Boston, Massachusetts, and as you know, it should be a very, very interesting show there in Beantown. Of course, there's three matches, count them, one, two, three matches out of the eight matches that are on the card, however, that have been deemed main event worthy. Case in point, first one for the U.S. title, it will be Roman Reigns defending his U.S. title, taking on the, the Russian monster bear, if you will, with his... Uh, lovely wife Lana, however, Rusev. For the WWE Universal title, it will be the master of the pop-up powerbomb, Kevin Owens, taking on the architect, Seth Rollins. And in a matchup that uh, very well could be the main event, we still have been talking about the last few weeks on whether or not this will be main event worthy or not, however, it will be the boss, hometown hero, Sasha Banks defending her woman's championship against the nature girl herself, the one who is looking to make it 13-0, and however, after going 12-0 and so far, in the form of Charlotte Flair. Now, as you know, there has been talk all week, within the last week and a half, that possibly maybe both uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins could be in the main event, as to be expected. But now there's also been talk that Charlotte and Sasha might be main eventing here this Sunday on WWE's Hell in a Cell. I would love to hear your thoughts about this, and if you would feel free to pick up the phone or give us a call here at one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. We will definitely uh, make way and uh, give you our two cents as far as that goes. Now, 
Some other things I want to talk about, however, obviously, however, besides that, is the latest state of WWE in TNA. As reported earlier today, TNA, of course, we will talk more about this coming up here in just a little bit on the Revolution show, beginning at 9 p.m. with King, NWO, Gerard T. Smith, and myself. And uh, we will also be talking about what happened on SmackDown last night, as you know, as it was a very interesting night last night in Green Bay, Wisconsin. However, on SmackDown is the state of TNA. Earlier today, we understand that uh, TNA had a court hearing, needless to say, I believe in Nashville, Tennessee. And reports out of that hearing are not very good, to say the least. I mean, I know we've been all saying, and including the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, for some time, that TNA is bound to be saved more and more. Well, after what we heard today, however, at the hearing there in, I believe, Nashville, Tennessee, however, it seems like TNA right now could be on borrowed time more and more. Earlier today, we understand Dixie Carter, however, along with Billy Corgan, had some things to say in court, however, that were very, very revealing and very, very interesting, let's just say, in more ways than one. As a result, however, we will definitely uh, tell you what was said here in just a few minutes, but I can tell you right now, however, they are supposed to make an announcement, I believe, this coming Monday about the state of TNA. Now, earlier this afternoon, TNA, while the hearing was going on, we understand, did announce, however, that they have now canceled, that's right, now canceled, three episodes that were supposed to air in early November before the year is out at Matt and Hart, Jeff Hardy's uh, home, if you will, in Cameron, North Carolina, called the Hardy Compound. As a result, WWE, excuse me, not WWE, TNA has announced now they have pulled those episodes off the air, however, and will not air them as a result. So I have to ask you people right now, do you think that TNA is just like what all the other federations have been like in the past? AWA, ECW, Mid-South Wrestling, WCCW. Um, let's see, uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. I mean, is it time to say it's time to close the doors in TNA? Personally, in my opinion, I've said this all along in the last few years, however, I think it is. I really do. I mean, a few months ago, I wouldn't have said that. But after what I heard today in the hearing, however, and saw what I read online however, earlier this evening, however, after what went down earlier today, it just seems like right now Dixie Carter more and more is on borrowed time. I mean... Here's a person who thought about four or five years ago, however, she had it made. She had all the big-name talents, Jeff Hardy, uh, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle, uh, Bobby Roode, um, Austin Aries, uh, Jeff, as I mentioned, Jeff Hardy already, I don't need to mention again, uh, Sting, and then all of a sudden, within the last couple of years, it just vanished, without a trace, so to speak. I mean, all these superstars decided to go elsewhere, whether it be WWE, Ring of Honor, or just hang up their boots once and for all. And granted, I know TNA is still trying to fight WWE. I understand that. I mean, they moved networks from Spike TV to Destination America, hoping that the fans would uh, catch on. And for a brief time, it seemed like that was going to be a good thing. 
But lately, more and more, however, especially after hearing what's been going on the last couple weeks, I would have to say that right now, not only is TNA got a fight on its hands in the courtroom, however, but also in the wrestling ring in general. I mean, case in point, a few weeks ago at the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, however, or following the Bound for Glory pay-per-view, you had Bobby Lashley, one of your top guys, however, lose the heavyweight championship to a mid-card wrestler in the X division. The X division, mind you. I mean, that's just like saying Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens is losing to a guy like, say, Curtis Axel or Adrian Neville, the WWE. Um, Personally, in my opinion, when it happened that night on TNA's... uh, Destination America on Impact Wrestling, however, I thought it was a slap in the face, not only to the fans out there, but I think to the whole business in general. I mean, TNA over the last two or three years, however, maybe even longer, however, I've said it before and I'll keep on saying it, however, is a poor man's WCW. I mean, I understand for a while they wanted to try to compete with WWE on Monday nights, however, and give them a battle on Monday nights, however, when they put their show on Monday nights about four or five years ago. But that didn't work. Then you thought, okay, let's bring in Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff and see if we can try to turn the ship around. And for a while, it looked like it was going to start slowly getting back on course, you know? It looked like it was starting to turn its wheels into at least a semi-decent good thing. But then that blew up too. But probably the biggest thing you ever did wrong in TNA by far, however, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, I have never been a fan of this man by any means necessary, although I have read a couple of his books, however, and they are very, very interesting reading things to check out. One is called Forgiven, and the other one is called How WCW Killed Vince Russo. Who am I talking about, you ask? Why, Vince Russo, of course. Vince Russo, in my opinion, however, had very good success back in the mid to late 90s with the WWE as Vince McMahon's head writer along with Ed Ferrara, as I've mentioned many times before. But I think when he left WWE... Back in 1999, however, I think his career and pretty much his drive and passion for the business of making it succeed really took a turn for the worst. I truly mean that. I mean, both him and Ed Ferrara, as you know, went down south to WCW thinking they could turn around the fortunes of WCW to compete Vince McMahon. And I have to ask you people, how did that turn out for you? Really, how did that turn out for you? Well, let me think about it for a minute, okay? I'll answer it for you. Not so very well. I mean, okay, I understand you brought Jeff Jarrett with you, or Jeff Jarrett came back to your company, however, your new company, however, less than 24 hours after losing a match to China. And you basically, over the next year or so, plus, however, groomed him as your top heel. And over time, however, time and time again, you had Jeff Jarrett do uh, this whole thing 
where he said, I'm the chosen one, I'm the best thing in WCW. Well, that might be all true, fine, but there were times, however, that Jeff Jarrett, you were basically puckering up and kissing Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara's ass, is what you were doing. You were kissing their ass because you thought that you could get over in WCW again after not doing Dilly squat when you came back to the WWE after being in WCW the first time back in 1998. The reason why you left was not because of Russo and Ferrara. Far from it. You left because you didn't want to play ball with Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin and whined and pouted like a jealous little bitch that you thought you deserved every opportunity handed to you. Well, guess what? You went to WCW, okay? What did you do there, Jeff? Let me think about it for a minute. Oh, yeah, that's right. You and Kevin Nash and Bret Hart and then Scott Steiner decided to form the NWO 2000. And, of course, along the way, you had a bunch of guitars that were basically given to you every week on every show, whether it be a Raw, excuse me, not a Raw, a Nitro, a Thunder, a Worldwide, a Saturday Night, a Pay-Per-View, doesn't really matter, and you basically bashed people over the head with it. You had some good feuds, don't get me wrong, however, with guys like Booker T and Hulk Hogan. But did you ever draw a dime? In my opinion, no, you didn't. All you did every week was come out with your flunkies, and I'm saying that in the nicest way possible, your flunkies, along with your other flunkies, the Harris boys, Ron and Don Harris, however, and you said for everyone, however, to choke on it. Well, Jeff, if memory serves me, I think choking on it, however, is the last thing you did, and that is choke on it, because I think, if I remember correctly... You fought Chris Benoit at the end of 1999, going into 2000, however. And then, all of a sudden, out of the blue, somehow, you get hurt, which I understand you probably did get hurt in that big ladder match you had with Chris Benoit at Star K99. What happens a couple weeks later? Oh, that's right. You tell WCW management that you're hurt and you can't compete. And meanwhile, while this is all going on, your buddy, Vince Russo, who hadn't turned a dime's profit within a couple months, has shown the door out the door by Kevin Sullivan, Bill Bush, J.J. Dillon, Terry Taylor, Bill Banks, and the rest of the WCW front office. So you're telling me that you still could draw a dime while you were there? Hmm. Well, let me think about that again for a minute. Oh, yeah. While you were recovering for just only a week or two, you had your buddy go out the door. You had Kevin Sullivan come back in, become the new soul booker, who along with your friend Kevin Nash, however, run WCW into the ground like the Titanic. And in the process, you lost four of the best wrestlers around who really were very unhappy because Kevin Sullivan was given the right to book again and because you decided to send Vince Russo home and not give him a chance to shine after coming in and playing by WWE just a few months before. Those four guys I'm referring to are Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. There were others, obviously, who wanted out, too, like Conan, Billy Kidman, 
Shane Douglas, Rey Mysterio, but they decided to stick it out. And I hate to say it, I think they kind of made a mistake. At least a couple of those guys did. But for those four guys, the Iceman, the Crippler, the Shooter, and uh, the Master of the Rings of Saturn and Latino Heat, they got out at the right time. They got out at the exact right time. Because I'll tell you what, if they had stayed, I guarantee you they would have been more miserable than they were before they left. And that's because people like Kevin Sullivan, Bill Banks, Ed Ferrara, Terry Taylor, and Mike Graham, and the rest of the WCW front office back then didn't give a rat's ass about you or anyone else except guys like you, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, and all the rest of the upper card guys. So that tells me one thing. What has happened to TNA since then? Well, fast forward now the clock to 2016, near the latter part of 2016. Here it is 16 years later. And earlier this last year, within the last two years, I should say, as I mentioned before, you lost guys like AJ Styles, Sting, and others to either go to Ring of Honor or WWE. And yet, Dixie Carter, you're bringing in people like Mike Bennett, Moose, Maria, Cody Rhodes, Drew McIntyre, and you're hoping that all these guys can try to save your company because they were getting such a raw deal in WWE, or some of them were. Well, I agree some of them are trying to improve their stock and trying to get better, and they are getting a little bit better. Some of them are, I will say that. Not to be mean-spirited, but they are getting a little, some of them are getting a little bit better. Some of them are going to be are stuck in the same old crap that they were stuck in back in WWE, or wherever they came from. And who's to blame on this one? Well, let me think about it. Oh, yeah. It's you, Dixie Carter. That's your fault. Because you think, however, with all the mighty power that you have in the company still, even though you don't have much of the control of the company anymore, however, you think, however, you can try to save your company by bringing in former stars, however, that'll turn a quick buck for you. Granted, I understand you're scaling back your pay-per-views, and that has to, I mean, in a way, that's kind of a smart decision. Because I don't think, had you done monthly shows and compete with WWE, would last very long. But to keep four of them, however, that's a smart thing. But here's an idea as far as TNA goes. Just close up shop right now. Turn out the lights. And start telling your talent, even though you can't pay most of your talent right now, that Ring of Honor, WWE, is the only place to go. Because right now... It seems like more and more, however, you're not only losing the fans' interest, you're losing a lot of uh, front office's interest as well. You thought when you brought Billy Corgan in this past summer, that was going to be a great thing for you, that your company would be saved, that you would be finding yourself slowly creeping yourself out of Chapter 11 or Chapter 7, whatever kind of money issues you've been having. Well, last I heard, I don't think it's getting any better. It's really not. And like I said, there's no one to blame in this mess but you, Dixie Carter. And I'm putting the finger solely on you. 
And I'm also putting the solely finger on Billy Corgan, too. Why am I putting the finger on Billy Corgan, you ask? I'll tell you why. Because you, Billy Corgan, despite being a somewhat decent musician and didn't know a lickety split about wrestling, however, figured, however, like Vince McMahon did with WCW back in the day in 2001, thought it would be a great investment to just put up your money after making so much in music, however, and thought, oh, I might as well buy a wrestling company, however, and uh, maybe run and see how I'll do. Well, last I saw, you're not doing too well, Billy. You're not doing really well at all. You have very little fan support in the Impact Zone anymore. People are hardly coming to Universal Studios for the tapings. I know they just finished some tapings recently within the last week, week and a half, for the next few months. And they said that they're still planning to do tapings in early January once they get back uh, from after the holiday Christmas season in late December, early January next year. But I'll tell you what, right now, if I'm TNA right now, I don't mean to be really cruel by saying this, and I said it already, and I'll say it one more time. I think it's time to tell the fans to stop coming. I think the fans should stop coming, number one. And number two, I think they should just close everything up and sell everything out. Because right now, the only two federations that are left around anymore, or actually the only three that are still semi-hanging in there at the moment, are Ring of Honor, Lucha Underground, and WWE. And personally, in my opinion, there's a lot of guys in ROH, however, that came by way of TNA and WWE, or even Lucha, that are getting over right now. ROH, however, is actually one of the better companies out there right now. Personally, in my opinion, it's at least 100 times better than TNA right now. And I don't want to be mean-spirited by saying this. I know Michelle Lindod's our TNA uh, guru, beat writer, uh, The Black Widow, which you can hear, by the way, every Sunday afternoon on TNA Main Event Talk with Gerard T. Smith, King NWO, 142131 pound every Sunday at 5 p.m., which uh, is on at 5 o'clock. Uh, it's probably going to really criticize me, by the way, I'm really trivializing, trivializing TNA here tonight, but that's the way I feel. I mean, I think TNA right now would be wise and smart to just close up shop, pack up all the stuff, including the library, sell to WWE, and sell some of your talent either back to Vince, however, or to Ring of Honor or to Lucha Underground. Because right now, you are not getting anything for your buck at all. You had a chance to do something a while back by doing something with the whole Hardy thing, however, and look how that blew up in your face. Seriously. You had a chance next week to do three days' worth of tapings at the Hardy Compound in North Carolina. Because of money problems now, you can't do that. That's sad. That's beyond sad, folks. Seriously. And as far as some of the talent, though, that came by way of WWE like Maria, like uh, Bobby Lashley, like Drew McIntyre. If I'm freaking Stephanie McMahon or Triple H, I know some of these people had issues with them before. But if WWE won't call them back and say, hey, we want you to come back and return, however, mind you, then uh, 
at least maybe let them start looking at their options, whether it be Lucha or ROH, because TNA right now is in such a sorry state of affairs, they may not be able to recover. Seriously. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, uh, by the way, people. If you give me a call here tonight, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. 444 Call ID one three nine nine two five. This is episode 29. I am your host, the Iceman, Jerry T. Girolamo. Uh Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock tonight, uh, Gerard and I will be back with you with the latest news and notes. Hopefully, Michelle will be with us as well, playing along with the rest of us. John Gross will have your birthdays and dates in history. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be talking about SmackDown. It was a very interesting show. Uh, last night there in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which we'll be talking about in just a second, but I want to remind you folks also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., you can listen to Drawer T. Smith and The Black Widow with Top Hill Inc. from 7 to 8. Call ID is 140562. And then every Friday night at 7 p.m. till 9 p.m., the best two hours on the planet, listen to Michelle, Gerard, and the rest of Michelle's friends, as well as Gerard's friends and our friends and gang here on Talk to with Women's Revolution, 139927. Start your weekend off right, however, by having a cold one or whatever suits you, however, by listening to the best uh, Friday night show out there on radio, however, and that is Women's Revolution. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, this Sunday at 5 p.m., listen to the gang, and maybe they'll make a better two here prior to Halloween, however, as uh, we will have for you a very special edition of Hell in a Cell here, ladies and gentlemen, on the Revolution uh, Radio Network, however. It should be a great show. Gerard, myself, Mr. W. Chad Hinch on the gang will be uh, making some uh, predictions, and also better, too, might be made. we also like to say hello to some of our other members out there who are listening to us tonight, hopefully, uh, uh, besides the king and queen of the radio network, Mr. W. Chad Hinshaw, the last kicker, Emery Rickenbach. I know Anne's really excited about our Cubs. Uh, they are playing Game 2 of that World Series tonight, we understand, in Cleveland. as They had to move up the game an hour due to the weather in Cleveland. So, Ann, hopefully your Cubs are winning tonight. Good luck to them uh, tonight. Also, I'd like to say hello to uh, the JML Experience, the big IQ, Jeff Teeters, uh, the last kick, or excuse me, Ronda Rush Wright, the big diesel, Gregory Kramer, our good friend, along with Mr. Russellmania, Ralph Atkinson, and the rest of all of you friends and family out there, including some of Michelle's friends, how are um, Simone Princess, and also... The lunatic uh, warrior, if you will, I think that's her name, uh, Michelle's good friends on the Women's Revolution show, Dawn, and also her friend Mary. Uh, Dawn and Mary, we hope you're listening tonight to our show, and if you feel like calling in, if you want to make some comments, please uh, feel free to come in. Uh, we'd like to have you on our show. If you can make it, one three nine nine two five pound is the call ID. And for any of you guys who want to call in, uh, we already gave you the number as well as the ID, so just... Call that number, hit the ID, 139925, and the pound one. We'll be glad to get you on the air with us here tonight. Um, also, we'd like to say hello to a couple of other friends of ours, uh, Rob and Ray from Rob and Ray's Wrestling Hour show. Hopefully they're listening to us tonight. And all of you, however, we'd like to say greetings to wherever you're at tonight. Hopefully you're listening to us and enjoying your Wednesday night with us tonight. Um, speaking of SmackDown, folks, I'm going to talk about SmackDown now. Um, especially last night's show and the last few weeks of SmackDown. Um, as you know, last night, SmackDown was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the home of the Packers. And uh, it was a rather interesting night, let's just say, in Titletown, USA. It really was. I mean, I would love to hear your thoughts 
on this as well. But that being said, I'll tell you my thoughts about last night's SmackDown. Last night's SmackDown, folks, was a rather interesting night. I mean, the main event, you had Dean Ambrose taking on AJ Styles. And if Dean won, Dean would get a future title shot against AJ. Having said that, mind you, let me tell you about a few of the things that really kind of frosted my cookies last night as far as the show goes. First off, the beginning of the show involving Bray Wyatt and Kane. Of course, this was an ODQ match. Kane ended up, unfortunately, losing this one, however, mind you, I believe. But, having said that, mind you, um, the thing that really irked me was what happened afterward involving Randy Orton. Now, later in the evening, however, supposedly we had heard that Randy was going to maybe become one of the newest Wyatt family members and possibly turning back into a heel. Personally, in my opinion, I don't know what they were thinking of by having this happen. I really, really don't. I don't think it would have made sense. I don't think it would have been proper. I just don't think it would have fit. So I don't know what the heck was up with that. Then you have, supposedly, however, a qualifying match to see who would be in the Survivor Series as far as the women go in Team Captain and not Team Captain. But before that, we obviously had Michelle's two fair people, Mr. Long Island IC and Mojo Raleigh, the Hype Bros, win a qualifying match to get into the Survivor Series. And the way they acted, however, was okay. I mean, it wasn't bad. I thought it was pretty cool, but it was kind of quirky, too. But one of the few rants I want to have, however, are a couple of things. First off, as far as the SmackDown women go, we saw last night Becky Lynch make her return after being out of action for quite a while due to some issues, however. But who decides to come out and ruin the moment but Little Miss Priss herself, Alexa Harley Quinn Bliss. If you ask me, Alexa Bliss is nothing more than a stuck-up, snot-nosed, blonde-haired, little snot-nosed bitch. And I'm sorry for uh, going off on this, but she is. She thought that she could have a little fun by making fun of Becky, however, my girl, Lynch, and basically attack her in the process. And what's more... Afterwards, she does decides to do a little NWO homage, however, by spray-painting, I believe, something on her back, I think it was, by calling Becky yellow. Well, let me tell you something, Miss Harley Quinn, Alexa Bliss. In two weeks' time, there'll be a match between you and my girl there in Glasgow, Scotland, I understand, at the SSE Hydro Arena. And I hope, and I really do hope, that unless you find a way to cheat, and that's the only way I think you can win, is to cheat, however, that Becky basically knocks your teeth down your throat and makes you suck soup through a straw. Because you are nothing more than a pompous, arrogant, snotty little priss that you think 
everyone should bow down to. Case in point, like Charlotte Flair, like her bestie, Dana Brooke. But I'll tell you, the one thing that really frosts my cookies, and I know if Michelle was here, she would definitely agree with me, this would frost hers too, is this whole thing involving Carmella and Nikki Bella. Once again last night, Carmella decided to take it upon her, however, somehow, to cheap shot Nikki Bella after Nikki had had a half-decent match that was somewhat good with Natalia. Now, if you ask me, however, what have they done with freaking um, Carmella since she came up, besides feuding with um, Nikki? Not a whole heck of a lot last I saw. I mean, personally, I thought they could have had her on maybe Raw, possibly, and been, like, with Enzo and Cass, like she was before. But now they figure, okay, we're going to put her on SmackDown and have her feud with Nikki. So, what happens? Oh, let's see. Last night... Like unlike last week, she begins talking trash to Nikki, thinking she's queen diva of the roster, like Alexa. Well, I hope that next week, right before the UK show, or at Survivor Series next month, that Becky, along with Nikki, team up together, and whoever else they can find, whether it be Naomi, whether it be uh, someone like uh, possibly maybe... Um, or else they can find, however, out of the locker room, maybe, to take on the three-headed monster of Carmella, Natty, and also Alexa Bliss. I mean, Carmella is nothing more than a Jersey Shore wannabe, snot-nosed little arrogant prig, is what she is. I mean that sincerely. She really is. Alexa Bliss still has not impressed me. She is not. I think it's going to be a while until she uh, impresses me, however. I think it's going to be a while until she impresses me. Like I said, it's going to be a while until she impresses me. But like I said, I hope that she knows what she's getting into when Becky Lynch knocks her on her butt, however, in Scotland in a couple weeks. I mean, seriously, I hope she does. Because if she doesn't, however, referring to Becky, Becky could be in for a rough night. Having said that, mind you, uh, the thing that really also kind of frosted my cookies is this whole thing involving Dean Ambrose, James Ellsworth, and AJ Styles. Now, you're asking yourself, people, who in the blue hell is James Ellsworth? Well, I'll tell you. James Ellsworth, apparently, the last couple weeks, has become sort of this internet hero darling, a la Daniel Bryan. And if you ask me, however, I think that WWE has gone way overboard in just totally hyping this guy up. This guy, as I've said many times over on all the shows, however, is nothing more than a flash-in-the-pan indie wannabe. I mean, you take guys like, back in the day, that used to be jobbers. Mike Sharp. Uh, who else? Um, Pete Doherty, Mario Mancini. 
Um, let's see, uh, who else can I think of as far as a jobber? Uh, let's see, um, I'm trying to think here. Bear with me, folks. Uh, stuff like that, okay? I'll just use those guys for example, okay? Even guys like, uh, maybe, uh, uh, people who rarely got any TV time, you know, except for warm-up matches nowadays on, like, Raw. It's important guys like Curtis Axel or guys like Neville, you know? But but I'll use the three guys I mentioned earlier, like Mancini, uh, Pete Doherty, um, stuff like that, uh, you know, just people like that. I don't know what the WWE's fascination is with having a jobber like this going into battle with guys like AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Did someone turn back the time machine and say, oh, let's go back to 1986 or 1987 and bring some of these jobbers in, however, mind you, from independent federations, however, wherever they were working at, however, and give them a chance to be their presence known? I mean, seriously. I mean, I understand your roster's a little thin right now, and you've still got some guys down in the next year who are feeling their way around. Case in point, guys like Samoa Joe, Shinsake Nakamura, etc. But, do we really need to put a jobber like James Ellsworth, however, on our roster and give him the uh, much love and respect, a la Daniel Bryan, by becoming the new internet hero. I mean, I think WWE really fudged this up. Big time. And now they've been talking about putting this guy in, supposedly, supposedly, the Royal Rumble. And what's more, this guy's merchandise, apparently, in which he's got apparently merchandise out now, is outselling... Seth Rollins, and some of the other superstars' gear. To quote The Miz, really? Really? I mean, this guy is a ham and agar jobber that right now should not even be in the company. This guy should be still in the independent scene, however, working there. I mean, this guy is absolutely not impressed to me one iota. I mean, this guy has absolutely bored me to sleep. It just, I think it's a slap in the face that WWE is considering putting this guy in to the Royal Rumble coming up in January. What's more, it's embarrassing and just absolutely despicable that this guy's merchandise is actually outselling some of the superstars right now. I mean, who is this guy proven to beat since he arrived here. Who has he really proven to anyone? Besides maybe Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, that he can beat anyone. He hasn't proven anything to me. I'm sure he hasn't proven anything to you guys as well. But I don't know why they continue to waste this guy. I really don't. This guy is just an absolute waste of time and I hope to God soon they get rid of him. Speaking of getting rid of people, that leads me to my next point. The tag team division in both Raw and SmackDown. As far as Raw goes, I mean, granted, some of us are New Day fans and like the New Day. Some of them have mixed mixed emotions. Some of us have mixed emotions. But right now, 
as far as what they're doing at the tag division on both brands, it is just absolutely, again, ridiculous. I mean, first off, the New Day have been champions now for well over 400 plus days. And yes, they will be taking on the most unlikely pairing of Sheamus and Cesaro on Sunday night in Boston for the tag team titles. This past Monday, the somewhat very strange odd couple of Felix Unger, in this case Cesaro, and the somewhat human jar of Mayo, referring to Mr. Sheamus, went out there and beat the New Day in a non-title matchup. Was it a good match? Eh, it was okay. It wasn't great. But do you think that these guys deserve a tag team title shot against the New Day? In one word answer, no. No, they do not. But because right now your tag division on Raw consists of only the New Day and also the club and maybe these two, however, who else are you going to put together? Talking about the club, though, you brought these guys back in in April from Japan along with AJ Styles. And you thought these guys were going to catch fire quickly. And yeah, for a while they kind of did. But then you did the unthinkable at SummerSlam. Just when you thought you could end the year-long reign of the New Day, you have them basically job out to the New Day. Even though it was a pretty good match, you still had them job out. And that's what I'm referring to as Gallows and Anderson. Now, granted they've been funny a little bit here with their somewhat somewhat offbeat sense of humor and somewhat shady sense of humor. But before that, you saw these guys as a serious legitimate threat to the tag team division, and what do you do? You crap on them. You take a steaming pile of dog dew, no pun intended, and basically throw it right in the face of the fans, like me, like Gerard, T. Smith, like all of us out there, by having the New Day beat the club. And that's just totally idiotic. I'm sorry, but it is. Then on SmackDown, let's go ahead to SmackDown now and look at the tag division there. You have... Heath Slater and Rhino, the Hype Bros, the Vaude Villains, the Usos, and American Alpha. First off, as far as Heath Slater and Rhino go, they are, in my opinion, and I mean this, try to be, I'm trying to be nice when I say this, but in my opinion, they are the biggest waste of spaces on the entire roster right now. I'm sorry. Heath Slater should be slinging fries at a Wendy's, and Rhino should be basically out of wrestling altogether, either training young students down in NXT or developing his sense into politics, because for a while it looked like he was going to be doing that. Then you have the Villains, who for a while everyone thought, oh, these guys are going to be the next big thing, however, 
as they were pretty good down in NXT. But what have they done lately in referring to Gotch in English? Last I heard the last few weeks how I think they've been doing main event or superstars warm-up matches, however, with other people. As they haven't had them on TV for a while because it seems like they have nothing for them to do. Then you have the Ascension, Connor and Victor, who at first were supposed to be the next big great thing, and then all of a sudden they got buried because of some of the comments they made. Now they're trying to get themselves back on the uh, page, uh, tag team page again by becoming, uh, once again, what they were back in NXT, tough and strong and virile. Um, another team that kind of uh, is a joke, just like Ross, just like Raw, is the team of Tyler Breeze and Vandango. I'm sorry. I do not like Vandango. He is a big, absolute horse's patoot, in my opinion. And as far as Prince Pretty goes, however, they've done nothing right with him since he came up from NXT. They had him start losing as soon as he got there. Why? Because apparently... The writers don't know how to book the right person. Unless your name is Seth Rollins, Jericho, Kevin Owens, Ambrose, AJ Styles, John Cena, whatever. And you put guys like Tyler Breeze to the back burner because you figure that's the way they should be. Now, probably right now, in all the teams I've mentioned, another team that really just has not impressed me either, has to be the golden truth. I'm sorry. I am a big fan and have always been a big fan of Gold Dust, a.k.a. Dustin Reynolds. No question. But for him to team up with a guy like R-Truth, however, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the stupid singing. I'm tired of hearing the What's Up song every time. And uh, just they're not clicking. They're just like freaking Brizongo. Just like the VOD villains. Being brought to TV every week and used for nothing more than simple warm-up matches or stupid vignettes in the back where they're being wasted, however, when they should be out there performing either against, against each other or against other teams that are in the same boat they are or teams that are like them and their character were in their uh, persona for a while and try to get them over. Instead, you're wasting them in stupid little gimmick uh, backstage vignettes. And another team that's an absolute waste, and I'm not ashamed of saying that they are a waste, is the freaking Shining Stars, Primo and Epico. Ever since they came back and dropped the whole bullfighter gimmick, Los Matadores, they continue to waste them, too. So, here's an idea, WWE, as far as your tag team division goes. Drop some of these teams. Please, for the love of Pete, drop them. I mean, the Matadors thing, or the Shining Stars gimmick is not working. The Brizongo thing is has just done nothing. The Golden Truth continues to be a waste. The VOD villains change their music, or at least get a better entrance. And, uh, the New Day, it's time for you to drop the straps in. As far as the club goes, stop wasting them. Seriously, stop wasting them. Now, the two teams I want to talk about that I think who should 
get over and should get more exposure right now is American Alpha and the Usos. As far as the Usos go, ever since they dropped the whole Warrior gimmick and have become a more serious, straightforward team, I like their new edge and attitude. They've done nothing right with them. Yet. I hope that changes soon, because I think if they don't, they're going to be wasted as well. But right now I think that you've got to do something with these guys. Referring to the Usos. I thought the Usos should have won, and I said it before and I'll say it again, should have won at No Mercy a few weeks ago in Sacramento. I mean that, seriously. They should have. Instead, they got hosed because you figure, let's give Slater Rhino an opportunity because Slater has not done anything since he broke up with his old team, 3MB. And you put him in the ring with Rhino. And that forms a nice odd-couple duo. Yeah, smart move, WWE. Real smart there. But... The team to watch out for, and I'll tell you right now, this is the team I'm really high on. I've been on high on them since last year, watching them in NXT. And they've done okay so far in WWE, but I think their break is coming soon. At least hopefully it will come soon, before the year is out or early next year. Barring injury, barring anything else. Whether it be personal related or non-personal related. I think the team to watch out for in this next year and in the next few years could be to watch these guys very carefully. American Alpha. Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, to me, are what the world's greatest tag team was back in 2000. Referring to Sheldon Haas and uh, excuse me, Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin. That is what I think American Alpha reminds me of, as the world's greatest tag team, which was a really good team back in 2000-2001 with the WWE. The only thing that I think is missing out of that team right now is they need a manager whether it be Kurt Angle or Sheldon Benjamin. The question is now, do I think they need a manager? Yes, I really do. Because I think if you get a manager like one of those two guys managing Gable and Jordan, they can go nowhere but up. And I think it would be nice to see WWE give them a big rub here. I know a couple of guys were hurt, however, and they kind of had their push stalled for a while. But now that things are somewhat slowly coming back to normal, I think you've got to get behind these guys again. And hopefully before the year's out, uh, early next year, barring anything that happens, however, inside or outside of the ring, however, I think you're going to see these guys as tag team champions. I really do. These guys were good champions in NXT for a while before dropping the belts to the Revival, Dash Dawson and... Uh, uh, Scott Wilder, who I think is another team that could be up and coming in NXT into the main roster this next year. I hope they give them a chance. I don't know who else they could uh, bring up at this point, but right now I think the WWE tag team division right now is in a state of trouble. I really do. Because you have maybe two good teams on the entire roster, or three good teams, I should say, that they could be doing so much more with right now. American Alpha, the Usos, and also, I think, the club. Other than that, some of these teams like Goldust and R-Truth, Breezango, and the Shining Stars, it's either time to say curtains to you guys and thank you for coming, or just change your whole theme and gimmick, however, and make it more decent. Because right now, fans like me 
are getting tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately we did not have Gerard and Michelle join us tonight, but I do want to thank you for listening to my uh, opinion here tonight. Uh, we will be back next week, ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 30. That's right, folks, the big 3-0 next week. Should be a great show here. We're going to have a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, Gerard, I understand, is in the newsroom right now. Unfortunately, that is why he could not make it on tonight, however, I believe. But uh, he will be joining us here in just a little bit. Um, we will be definitely back here in a few minutes, however, with Revolution and talk more about SmackDown. Uh, don't forget, as I said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're here each and every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. with the Wrestling Debate. Next week, folks, uh, I don't know what we're going to be debating about for number 30. It should be a great show, but... Uh, Nevertheless, I want to thank you for listening in tonight. One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID one three eight nine nine two six. Revolution, of course, is one three eight zero five five pound. I meant to say, uh, we will be coming on in just a few minutes with Revolution. As Mr. Dus- I mean, excuse me, WCW Chad Hinshaw is on his way back into the uh, captain's chair for the moment. I will be moving over to the side chair and let him take over the captain's chair here. Uh, I do want to thank you all for listening in to me tonight, and if you enjoyed listening to us, how great. If not, uh, we're sorry. Uh, we tried to make this a great show and make it worthwhile, but I think we did a good show tonight, in my opinion. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to what I had to say. Uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Wrestling Debate is a talk show production where we're one year older getting... Where we're one year older and continuing to get bolder, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, we will see you in the ring here uh, in just a little bit. Thank you for listening tonight. Uh, have a great rest of the night, everyone. Be safe out there. Be very careful, whatever you're doing. We will talk to you again a week from tonight, and we will see you in a little bit with Revolution. So for now, uh, reporting live from ringside, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's just say, as we are coming up now on two minutes to nine o'clock here, this is the Iceman on Wednesday night, October 25th, saying so long from ringside, and we will talk to you again very soon. Have a good night, everyone, and God bless. <laughs>